All right, welcome back into the Nick Bob podcast, and uh, we are heavy Husker football today. But before we dive into that, I wanted to give you a heads up. I'm likely firing up a mailbag pod soon. Um, so I wanted to give you guys a little head start on hitting me up with your questions. You can certainly email your questions to nick at nickbaugh.com. You can tweet them at nickbaugh. Anything you want to ask, uh, Husker football, Creighton basketball, Nebraska basketball, college basketball, we could even totally copy and rip off Ryan Rosillo's whole life advice bit uh, where you guys just you know email me questions, maybe relationships, uh, career, whatever. Have some fun with it. Anything you want to ask me, fire away. I am a wealth of knowledge and a wealth of, well, I don't know, knowledge, entertainment, I guess. Uh, well, I will try my best to, to entertain you. But fire away. Email me, nick at nickbaugh.com. Tweet the questions at nickbaugh. I will try to tackle as many as I can on the next mailbag pod. Uh, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up and, uh, and, and get you guys thinking about some good questions. So a mailbag is coming soon. Okay, uh, here we go. Let's get into the pod today. It is, uh, gosh, what is today? I'm totally with... with Bringing little Marvin home and three kids and little sleep. I'm all t- today is it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, Tuesday, June seventh, about eleven o'clock here in in the morning. Uh, but obviously the uh, the the topic du jour for Nebraska football right now is the transfers, right? the The core of Scott Frost's plan to to get things back on track for next year, get get things headed in the right direction, uh, earn. Uh, more years as the Nebraska head coach is to load up on transfers to the tune of 15 transfers added to the program in the offseason, which is a ton. And like I talked about on my last pod, I'd estimate that Nebraska is relying on at least nine or 10 of the 15 transfers to come in and be starter impact difference-making guys. It's not like you're just bringing in dudes just to bring them in for bodies, for depth, and maybe a few of them will work out. No, you are bringing in guys that need to come in, need to be starters, need to be difference-makers, need to be impact guys. Which got me to thinking, okay, who are the top five most important transfers for Nebraska football next year. Who are the five most important dudes that Nebraska's gone into the portal and landed in Lincoln that'll need to strap on a helmet next year and be difference-making impact guys? Five most important transfers for Nebraska football. Here we go. I'm going to go in reverse order, five to one. At number five, fifth most important transfer for Nebraska football next year, I got Anthony Grant, the running back. Number one junior college running back in the country. He also does have power five experience. Grant started his career at Florida State. He is uh, He's a running back. He also was a kickoff returner at Florida State as well. Now, he ultimately ended up in a junior college for two years, where, again, the dude lit it up. Number one junior college ranked running back. Now, I, I feel like some people have PTSD, me being included in one of those. If I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure Greg Bell was the number one ranked junior college running back as well. And obviously, that didn't work out. But at the same time, I don't think Greg Bell, if, I'm, if I, I could be mistaken on this, I don't think Greg Bell had power conference experience. 
So, and Grant just looks different to me. You watch him on film, you watch him in the spring game. He he looks a little bit more legit than Greg Bell does. Like, I never, I've always said running back is the one position that it doesn't take a whole bunch of time for someone to pop. Like, you usually can kind of see it right away. My line all the time is like, it took like two or three carries to go, okay, Amir Abdullah, really good. Rex Burkhead, really good. Amon Green, really good, right? Like, you don't need to, Lawrence Phillips, really good. You don't need, I need, uh, give me a, you know, I need a season and a half sample size with 100 carries to, no, usually it pops pretty quick. Usually it does. And to me, I'm not saying necessarily Anthony Grant is the next, you know, great running back at, at Nebraska, but what I am saying is Greg Bell never really popped to me. So take that into consideration. But at the end of the day, he was the number one ranked junior college running back. 5'11", 210 pounds. You remember the one big highlight play of the spring game that lacked a lot of highlight plays. He had that long touchdown run. Um, and he, he appears to be a complete back. When you look at that one run, you have good speed, good elusiveness. He, he's a guy that is appears to have a low center of gravity, ability to maybe get some tough yards, which is necessary in a conference like the Big Ten. And, you know, I've beat this running back thing to death, man. Nebraska has really, really, really lacked a real player at that spot. That's one of the big whiffs for Scott Frost uh, in his time at Nebraska. Just outside of Divino Zigbo for a little bit, they have just failed to bring in a legit difference-making caliber running back. And they've been average at that spot. Greg Bell, bus. Maurice Washington couldn't run between the tackles. Obviously had off-the-field issues. Dedrick Mills couldn't stay healthy. I was never as high on him as others were. Ramir Johnson, solid. Love how he's hung in there. Pretty good third down back. Good pass catcher. Just not a great player. He's not very big. He fails to get the tough yards. Um, Nebraska, just they need a real player at that spot. Now, Gabe Irvin maybe could have emerged to be that guy, but he got hurt last year. Um, but they need a guy there. They just haven't had a difference maker there since Divino Zigbo. And again, it's funny how, you know, we do this with, you know, when we think about the skill guys at Nebraska under Frost, we go, oh, Nebraska hasn't had a guy, hasn't had a good receiver since Stanley Morgan. It hasn't had a good running back since Divino Zigbo. And what that sometimes does is it elevates Ozigbo and Morgan higher than what they actually were. I mean, Stanley Morgan and Divino Zigbo were good. They were not great players. They were fine. They they were pretty dang good players, guys you can you can you you can win with, but it's not like you're looking at like true elite, just big time. Holy sh! Look at that guy, kind of dudes. They were fine, but they Nebraska because so Ozigbo pales in comparison to the likes of Amir Abdullah, Rex Burkhead, the studs of the '90s, all those things. He was good, but let's not get crazy. A real player at that running back spot makes an enormous difference. Like Wisconsin's guys have just been difference makers. Jonathan Taylor, the little freshman they got last year that just is a beast. You know, even guys like Tyler Goodson at Iowa is just way better than anybody Nebraska's had for a handful of years. It makes a difference. Minnesota's had difference making dudes. And it changes it can change your team. Now, I don't know if Anthony Grant is is an all-conference caliber type player, but, man, they need him to be a really, really good player really bad. They need a guy that can run tough, make guys miss, fall forward, break tackles, all those things. I've always kind of felt like Nebraska's running backs have been, you know, if 
when when they would get a handoff, if you would freeze frame it and extrapolate like there is a possible three yards to gain on this play, Nebraska's running backs would never get more than three yards over the last couple of years. Never. And they, you you need guys. Now, contrast that with Amir Abdullah. How many times did Amir have to make a guy miss in the backfield and then would go make a big play? Like, that. that's what difference makes. That's what Kenneth Walker does, you know? That's what real, legit, that's what Jonathan Taylor does. It's what Amir Abdullah did. It's what Rex did. They need a guy like that. And Anthony Grant's the odds-on favorite to be the day one starter in Ireland when they play Northwestern at that running back spot. They need him to be a player. He's the fifth most important transfer heading into next year. This episode of the Nick Pop Podcast is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. I received a great package from Omaha Steaks a few weeks back. Some bacon wrap fillets, burgers, jumbo franks, chicken, caramel apple tartlets, some pork chops, and oh man, have we been eating good. In fact... The last meal my family had before we went into the hospital, we we're going to be induced to have baby number three. We had the bacon wrap fillets, had the caramel apple tartlets, and oh my goodness, it was big time. And then the first family meal we had when we got the baby home with all five of us, oh, your boy hopped on the grill, grilled up those burgers, those jumbo franks, and oh my goodness, I, I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie to you guys, might have been the best hot dog I've ever had in my life. Trust me, this Omaha Steaks package is delicious. Here's a little gift-giving wisdom from Omaha Steaks. Dads want steaks. And with Father's Day around the corner, there isn't a better gift than Omaha Steaks. Visit omahasteaks.com. Type Nick Baugh in the search bar right when you get to the website and order the Dad's One Steaks package. For just $99, this limited-time package includes 16 mouth-watering entrees your dad's guaranteed to love. You got the bacon wrap fillets. You got the gourmet jumbo franks. You got the boneless chicken breast. And, of course, you got the caramel apple tartlets. Oh, my God, I'm drooling just talking about it and thinking about it. And as a special gift for my listeners, when you type Nick Baugh, in the search bar, that's N-I-C-K-B-A-H-E in the search bar, and order the Dad's One Steaks package, you'll also get eight free Omaha Steak Burgers. My goodness, you need to make it happen. Go to omahasteaks.com, promo code NICKBAW, $99 Dad Want Steak package. You enter the promo code, you're also going to get eight free Omaha Steak Burgers. Go make it happen right now. OmahaSteaks.com, promo code NickBaugh, N-I-C-K-B-A-H-E. Number four, Timmy Bleak Road, field goal kicker. You can laugh if you want a kicker. Come on, man. Come on. If you you still are kind of rolling your eyes at that stuff, you haven't been watching Nebraska football. The Furman transfer Bleak Road, really, really important next year. He was 15 of 18 uh, on field goals last year. His long was 51 yards. He was 9 for 9 in field goals under 40 yards, and he was 30 for 32 on PATs. So they need him to come in and and knock down some kicks. Despite all of Nebraska's issues and shortcomings in a bunch of areas last year, and they had a lot of them, if Nebraska would have been good kicking field goals, if they had had a good, competent, solid field goal kicker, things might have looked a lot different. I mean, you could even go back to 2019 with this topic too, but Nebraska's had field goal kicking issues. I mean, Connor Culp struggled last year, missing field goals, missing PATs. You know, not only are you obviously leaving points out there when you miss kicks, but 
when you mix when you miss kicks, there's a there's an intangible effect as well. Like you watch football, you watch sports, confidence and momentum are real things. When you miss a field goal, it's a confidence killer. It's a momentum killer. It changes. Obviously, there's a there's a domino effect of how you ultimately maybe call plays in the red zone. So it's it's more than just losing points. To me, the Oklahoma game is a prime example of that last year. Really think back to that game. Remember, Connor Colt, he missed a chip shot field goal in the third quarter after a really solid drive from Nebraska, right? That's a momentum killer, right? You you drive down the field, you're going to get points on the board, you miss a kick, and it's like, ugh. Then, after a big-time touchdown drive where Nebraska just ran it right down Oklahoma's throat, hit a nice little play-action wheel route to Vokalek along the sidelines. like they were, It was a great drive. Nebraska then cashes it in on a run from Adrian Martinez. Here comes the point after, and, I, and Nebraska gets that point after. The PAT blocked, and Oklahoma returns it for two points the other way. All the momentum was on Nebraska's side, and all of a sudden, all the momentum was lost, and it was back on Oklahoma's side. I vividly remember Martinez punches it in. Joel Klatt, Gus Johnson are on the call. Gus Johnson's call is, don't go anywhere, friends. We got ourselves a game. Like, that's his call. He could feel it being in the press box like, oh, baby, buckle up. And then blocked PAT, returned for two points the other way. Brutal. In that game in total, Nebraska missed two field goals and one PAT. That's giving up seven points for Nebraska and giving Oklahoma two points. That's a nine-point swing in a game where Nebraska lost by seven, 23-16. That's just one game. I'm just looking at one game. It matters. Nebraska needs Bleak Road to really, really be a, a good kicker. We said... Nebraska's likely going to be in a lot of close games again. They've been in a million close games under Scott Frost. They're going to be in more close games this year. Oftentimes, field goal kicking can swing and be the difference in close games. Bleak Road, definitely one of the five most important transfers. I got him at number four. At number three, third most important transfer, for Nebraska next year, Trey Palmer. Keep in mind at that wide receiver spot, Nebraska has lost its top two wide receivers, in my opinion, from a talent standpoint. One, obviously, in Samari Ture, and then Xavier Betts, who has left the team in the spring. And then you could even throw in Austin Allen at that tight end spot if you just want to include just pass-catching, pass-game, right? Like, you lose Betts, Ture, Allen. I know the tight end's a different spot, but I'm just looking at that passing game and how big of a void you are losing or how big of a void void is really felt in that spot. And they need Trey Palmer to fill it really bad. Trey Palmer, former five-star recruit, LSU transfer, all reports, all the people I talk to, all signs point to him being a real difference-making caliber player. Really fast, really explosive, and on top of being a wide receiver, he is also a a return man as well, which – I think it's exciting with, you know, Anthony Grant could return, maybe some kicks. You have Trey Palmer, who is is a return man at LSU, and God knows Nebraska needs some help in that regard. You look at, at Trey Palmer's stats. 
at LSU. 41 catches, 458 yards, four touchdowns in three seasons at LSU. He had a he had 11 yards per catch, and then in the return game, he had 28 punt returns, 188 yards and a touchdown. 15 kickoff returns, 394 yards and a touchdown. So homeboy is housed a punt and housed a kickoff. My guess is, and I hope, first time Nebraska's forces a punt, Trey Palmer's trotting back there to return that thing. So this guy's capable. Now, and and keep in mind, he was he was in a loaded wide receiver room at LSU, right? So, because some people are like, well, why is he? Why is he the loaded wide receiver room? Coaching change. His coach, Mickey Joseph, comes to Nebraska. Like it makes sense. So, I think, I think Trey Palmer's ready to roll, ready to make some noise. You don't become a five star recruit for for no reason. Like, dudes become five stars because they are five star talents. And again, Nebraska's got a pretty sizable void at that wide receiver spot. Think about this, Samari Touré had 500 more yards than the second leading receiver did last year and 20 more catches than the second leading receiver did last year. I mean, that's significant. So they really need a top-shelf guy at that spot. No terrain, no bets. You could, again, throw in Austin Allen for the pass-catching depth void from the tight end spot. Those were Nebraska's top dudes when they aired it out, and those guys are not there. They need Palmer to come in, hit the ground running, be a difference-making impact guy from day one. Super-duper important. Trey Palmer, number three on the most important transfer list for Nebraska next year. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go onto Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors. By Pella, won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple-pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. At number two, second most important transfer for Nebraska next year, Oshan Mathis, TCU transfer, pass rusher, defensive end. This guy, Mathis, one of the most sought-after players in the portal. Everyone was on him. Everybody wanted him, and Nebraska got him. O'Shawn Mathis, second-team All-Big 12. He led the Big 12 in sacks per games two years ago. He was 12th nationally that year. In total, four years at TCU, Mathis, 135 tackles, 30.5 tackles for loss, 15.5 sacks. This is a proven dynamic pass rusher at a power conference level. 6'5", 260, athletic, and Nebraska desperately, desperately needs a pass rusher. Of all the biggest voids on the roster over the last few seasons, you could argue that legit pass rusher was maybe the biggest one. 
You talk about like, you know, wide receiver depth, real running back, O-line, what you special teams, pass rusher was there and you could argue pass rusher is one of the biggest issues. Cuz I've I've talked about this before like but you know, it, 25, 30, 35 years ago in basketball, like you had to have a center to be good. You did. You you had to have a pure five man post him up to be good. 25, 30 years ago in football, you had to have an elite all-world running back to usually be a good football team. Nowadays in 2022 in football, it's pretty much non-negotiable that you you have to have a pass rusher if you want to be a good football team. I mean, stop and really think about all the good teams at the college and NFL level. One of the common denominators beyond, you know, they usually got good quarterback play, usually well coached. One of the common denominators is they can get after the passer. They can rush the quarterback. And when you've watched Nebraska play over the years, quarterbacks just have had all day to throw. And I don't care how good you are in your back seven, your secondary, whatever. If you give a guy, you give anybody five seconds in the pocket to go through his progressions, and like they're going to they're gonna hurt you. And you could really feel it on big third downs. Here you go. Third and six, got to get off the field. Quarterback would have all day in the pocket, pick up a third down. You'd feel that pass rusher. That's where over the years, Chase Young, Ohio State, Right, Karloftis with Purdue. Like you, you, you have felt. You have felt that that presence on the field playing against Nebraska. Right, old boy from Michigan, last year. So, the reality is Mathis needs to come in and fill that. And the other reality is sometimes when you're kind of extrapolating, okay, how good can this defense be? Your defense probably has a ceiling without a legitimate pass rush, a.k.a. pass rusher. And Nebraska just hasn't had it. Like, in some ways, Nebraska's defense probably was as good as it could have possibly been without having a good pass rusher. And now with Mathis, at least on paper, you could have a real dude at that spot. And again, keep in mind, a legitimate pass rusher also helps you in the turnover column. You get strip sacks, you get forced throws, you get sped up throws, right? Like, it, it's not just sacks. I mean, it's a, there's a domino effect with all that stuff. And the other domino effect is with O'Shawn Mathis on the field, that can make a guy like Garrett Nelson even better, where all of a sudden he becomes your secondary pass rusher, so he's getting maybe more one-on-one easier opportunities to get after the quarterback. There is a reason everyone was on Mathis in the portable. In the portable. In the portal. And there's a reason Nebraska went all in on him to land him. I mean, I think Homeboy probably got a pretty legitimate NIL deal here at Nebraska. He's a talented dude in a spot that Nebraska desperately, desperately needs a real player. Now, you can make a case in some ways, that he could be number one. But I got him at number two, second most important transfer for Nebraska next season. The Nick Bob Podcast is powered by my good friends at Runza. You know, a few things make me more proud than the fact that Runza supports my podcast because as a Nebraskan, 
I've been a Runza fan my entire life. I lived down the street from a Runza growing up. was a blast to go there as a kid. Sometimes I'd even ride my bike there with my buddies. I vividly remember one of our very first elementary school field trips was to Runza. Everyone loved it. I remember going to Runza in high school for lunches with all my high school friends. And I've told you guys this, one of the happiest days at Kansas my freshman year was discovering a Runza in Lawrence, Kansas, it was like finding a little slice of home when I was away from home. And now as an adult, it's great to share runs with my kiddos who absolutely love the deliciousness of Runza. It's a little Runza story from yours truly. And you know what the menu is. Just outstanding, amazing Runza sandwiches. Oh my gosh, a piping hot cheese Runza. Mm, that sounds good right now. Incredible burgers. The best fries on the planet. The salads are great, especially the Southwest chicken salad, my personal favorite. It's just awesome food. So whether it's lunch, dinner, a little snack, doesn't matter. Runza is the spot. You need to go download the mobile app. It's in the app store. You can order ahead, skip the line, plus you can earn rewards as well. Runza Makes it all better. And then at number one, probably the the guy that everybody, if if you pulled all of Husker Nation, they would all have this guy as number one. At number one, Casey Thompson. Quarterback. I mean, it makes sense, right? Quarterback, most important position on a football team. It's usually the guy that hinges, your success hinges on more often than not. So it makes sense that he would be that guy. Texas transfer. He's got 10 starts in his career. He's a career 64% completion percentage. He's got 30 touchdowns. He's got three career games with five or more touchdowns in them, all of which were last season. So uh, he's an experienced, uh, older, proven guy that is, you know, shown that he's at least capable at the Power Five level. And with Martinez transferring, Nebraska obviously needs a, a quarterback to step in, fill that, that spot. Now, I will say this before I elaborate more on, on Casey Thompson and the quarterback spot. I think Casey Thompson is the odds-on favorite to win the job and be the guy at quarterback next year. But I wouldn't say it's like a 100% done deal that he will be. I wouldn't say it's just like no way in the world is anybody else the starter but him. Like, I actually thought about, I thought about putting both Thompson and Chubba Purdy on the top five list, but it kind of felt like a cop-out so I just chose one. I chose Thompson. I, would it stun me if Chubba Purdy started a game next year, the Florida State transfer for Nebraska? No, it would not stun me. But again, odds on favorite to be the starter game one in Ireland, I think is Casey Thompson. So I put him in this spot. And it'll be interesting. I cannot wait to watch the quarterback spot next year just to kind of really assess. It's going to be an interesting case study in quarterbacking and how you – assess its value and its impact from the standpoint of just, you know, is Thompson an upgrade from Adrian Martinez or not? I think it's easy now because you've already started to see some of it. It's easy now. The dust is settled. Time has passed. Martinez isn't at Nebraska to kind of like paint Martinez like he was just a bum. Eh, he wasn't a bum now. He wouldn't. He was not. I mean, like. I think Adrian Martinez is the more overall, more talented player than Casey Thompson. But raw talent doesn't, that's the beauty of the quarterback spot. Like, there's lots of guys that have big arms, super athletic, do a lot of spectacular things and at times on the field, but you'd rather take, you know, a guy like, you know, Zach Taylor's a perfect example. Zach Taylor's average build, average athlete, 
I'd say good, not great arm. I mean, he didn't have a cannon. But you know what he was? Fucking a winner. Tough. Had all the, the little intangible things. And the same thing, you, you, the GOAT, Brady. I mean, it's not like Brady's. Brady's not very fast, not very athletic. Got a good arm. What doesn't have like a Brett Favre, John Elway arm, but he's got a good arm. But what Brady has, you got the you got that intangible thing that doesn't necessarily manifest itself in like when you're gauging raw talent. So when I say Martinez is the more overall talented player, I'm doing more of like the more of just the measurable raw, fast, big arm, all those things. But the reality is what held Martinez back wasn't necessarily a raw talent issue. It was turnovers and then not coming through in the clutch. So if if Casey Thompson can check both those boxes, you could argue, despite the talent conversation, the Nebraska is an upgraded quarterback. Just don't turn it over. Come through in some big moments. Big third down throw, big red zone throw, big, big drive in the fourth quarter, et cetera, et cetera. Because for Martinez, for all of his talent, just never came through in big clutch spots. And Nebraska being in a lot of close games, obviously that is one of the reasons Nebraska has struggled. And one of the reasons that Nebraska has lost the most one-score games in the country over the last four years. You know, that comes down to a lot, a lot of things. It's can't pin it all on one thing, special teams, uh, field goal kicking, clock management, different stuff. But sometimes there's a direct correlation between close games and quarterback play. Close games, quarterback play, sometimes you can draw a line between the two. Connect them. So it's weird. I actually think that Nebraska maybe has a less talented player at quarterback going from Martinez to Casey Thompson. But there's a world where that could end up like Nebraska's quarterback play could end up being an upgrade. It could be better with Thompson over Martinez. Because again, I mean, Casey Thompson, pretty live arm. He's a good, not a great athlete, but capable hurting you with his feet. Although I don't know how much the quarterback run game is going to be a part of Mark Whipple's offense. But, you know, he's not a statue back there. He had 73 carries for 210 yards and five touchdowns uh, on the ground in his career at Texas. So we'll see. We'll see. Again, obviously quarterback, most important position in football. So naturally, the quarterback transfer that is likely going to be the starter has to be kind of number one on this list. Just has to be. Again, I like that he's older. I like that he has starting experience. I like that he's played at a school where you're in the public eye, you're in the fishbowl. It's a big deal. There's scrutiny. There's pressure in playing in Texas, playing at Texas. Like, so I, I just, he'll be able to handle the pressure of a place like Nebraska, having come from Texas. And again, he's clearly got some talent. And he's going to be coached up, right? You feel pretty good about who's going to be coaching him day in and day out in Mark Whipple. So for me, easy choice to put KC Thompson number one on the most important transfer list for Nebraska next season. So there you go. Top five most important transfers. At number five, Anthony Grant. Four, Timmy Bleak Road. Number three, Trey Palmer. Number two, O'Shawn Mathis. And number one, KC Thompson. Real quick, 
Honorable mention guys, a.k.a. the guys I really thought long and hard about putting them on this list. I, I brought up Chubba Purdy, but you know, for me it was like, ah, you got to pick one of the – it feels like cop-out to put both those guys. I had to pick one quarterback. I'm picking Casey Thompson. But, okay, honorable mention, a.k.a. the guys I really, really thought about putting on the list. Uh, Tommy Hill, cornerback, Arizona State transfer, likely going to be a starter at corner. Nebraska lost – a lot of experience and talent in the secondary and lost their best corner in Cam Taylor Britt, who I thought maybe kind of had, I thought he got off to a slow start last year, never really kind of got to the level that I thought he could get to. But Cam Taylor Britt's a talented dude. He was a second round pick in the NFL draft. They need some help at that spot, at that corner spot. They're likely going to be relying on, on Tommy Hill to be the starter at the corner position game number one. He's also he's another guy that has returned kicks as well. I like that. But to me, Tommy Hill was a guy that I thought long and hard about putting on my top five list. Ultimately, went in a different direction. He's a guy though that that needs to be top of mind. The other guy, Devin Drew, honorable mention, Texas Tech defensive lineman transfer, older, experienced dude. Spent two years at Texas Tech, two years at Iowa Western before that. Given. I really had a hard time not putting him on it, just given Nebraska's defensive line depth issues. It, the reason I was going to maybe give him a nod was going to be less about how talented he is and more about like the position, the need at that position. Devin Drew is super important. The, the, Nebraska's thin on that D-line. They lost Daniel Stilley, Casey Rogers, a couple other guys in the, from, from last year. They are thin thin at that spot. They need capable bodies, capable players on that spot. I mean, some t- in, a, in a position like the defensive line, in a, in a conference like the Big Ten, like depth, rotating in, guys in and out, I mean, you're going you're gonna to be dealing with big-ass Minnesota running it down your throat, Iowa, Wisconsin trying to run it down your throat. You need real dudes in the interior there. And so Devin Drew, really, really important guy for Nebraska – I really, really had a hard time not putting him on it. And then the other guy, last honorable mention guy, was Brian Buschini, the punter transfer from Montana. He was the FCS punter of the year last year. And again, a lot like the field goal kicking situation, Nebraska has really struggled punting the ball. Nebraska needs some serious, serious help at that spot. I brought up the whole everything that went wrong from the field goal kicking standpoint at Oklahoma. Obviously, the the poster child for punting costing a Nebraska game is the Michigan State game last year on the road. I mean, you can directly correlate the loss and pin it on that the one punt. Punting directly lost the game for Nebraska at Michigan State. And it, was, it wasn't like it was just one bad moment. Nebraska was bad punting all year. And you know, Bo gives me a hard time. It's become a running gag. Whenever we do those the, Nebraska, the Husker Classic recaps where we watch a, uh, an old Husker Classic game and then we hand out awards, MVP, Unsung Hero, all those things, Like I find myself always going to the punter, you know, a Darren Erstad or something like that. But it's just punting is so undervalued and underappreciated. Flipping the field, pinning your opponent inside the 10. Like, you go watch the second half of the 94 Miami national title game, 
a huge part of the reason Nebraska's black shirt defense dominated the second half was Darren Erstad was penning Miami inside its 15, inside its 10, the whole second half pretty much. Makes a big difference. So yeah, flipping the field, penning your opponent inside the 10, not shanking punts, punting the ball in the direction you're supposed to point to, a la the Michigan State game. You're supposed to punt it right, you punt it left, easy touchdown, all of a sudden you lose the game. Nebraska needs a good player at that punter spot. Buscini did it at a high level at the FCS level. They need him to do the same thing at Nebraska. So those were those were three guys, honorable mention guys, that I that I heavily considered putting them in the top five, but ultimately I feel good about the five that I landed on. Again, Anthony Grant, Timmy Bleak Road, Trey Palmer, O'Shawn Mathis, Casey Thompson. Those are top five most important transfers for Nebraska next season. Curious what you guys think of all that. Who would you guys have on your list? Five most important transfers next year. Hit me on Twitter. You can follow me as well, at Nick Baugh, N-I-C-K-B-A-H-E, or you can email me your thoughts, nick at nickbaugh.com. A Huda Media Production.